everyone. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. So today we're going to talk about Genesis one, and as we're going through this new DT on the portraits of God, I think Genesis one is the perfect place to look to see how God really is the central figure in the Bible. So one thing I noticed in this passage is this progression of God first creating, then separating, and then filling His creation with creatures,、mm-hmm. each according to their own kinds.、Um, it reminds me of a master painter working on a canvas. He first applies the base coat, adding some colors that look like a formless void, and then、mm. contours of the land are slowly formed, and then some mountains in the background, followed by more detailed things like trees and foliage. And then, lastly, he fills the foreground with some woodland animals or something like that. So, in Genesis one, God is that main agency of creation, who had order and categorization and boundaries in mind, so that creation would be able to flourish.、Um, in verse three, it says that he separated light from darkness. Verses six through seven describe the separation of the expanse of heaven from the water, and then verse fourteen to fifteen,、uh, God separates day from night. And God goes on, and He makes plants and animals, each according to their kind. And that phrase, "according to their own kind," comes up a lot to show how God had intended for all of creation to fall into kind of its own category and place, where it would ultimately again lead to flourishing.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yet at the same time, so much of modern culture today is really, I think. Bent on breaking down God-given categories and boundaries, so that things end up kind of returning to that chaos of verses two to three, without form, void, or empty, and dark.、Uh, so of course, there's also the flip side where people take God-given categories and use it to ill- in, in illegitimate ways to prop themselves up, kind of like people who are racist or misogynistic. But Um, I don't think, therefore, we should reject boundaries wholesale, like so many people today also have done.、Uh, when we decide to blur or reject God's categories and boundaries, we end up losing definition, and it results in a lot of darkness and emptiness inside of ourselves. <clears throat> yeah. So going back to that point、um, that Helen described, like before God does His creation work, the the earth is. Formless, void, and empty, and dark. Right, and at the end of Genesis one, we see a world that is full of abundance. Right, it's、mm. teeming with life, swarming with life. And I、yeah. notice that, yeah, like first God does a lot of separating through boundaries,、uh, like Helen mentioned, and、um, you know God's words in Genesis one. That's primarily what what it does. It、yeah. separates and orders,、mm. and eventually God gives us His law commandments. Right. Right. Um, and it has the same effect of ordering our lives according to his commands and laws, and this ends up restricting our lives. Right. And I was thinking the main way we experience being restricted in our lives, I think a lot of it's through our relationships with people, right? Because we're ministering to college students, we're not going to drink. Because we're going to affect the culture of our church, we're not going to upgrade our lifestyle and like buy a really nice car when our friend doesn't can't even afford a car to begin with. Right,、um, we're restricted based on our schedule and things we're responsible for. Ultimately, because of our relationship with those we are trying to love and minister to, and our obligation and our obligation to love those in the body of Christ. And in fact, you know, as we get older, the pattern of the Christian life is that we are more and more restricted. Like what Jesus says to Peter in John twenty one, when you were young, <clears throat> you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. 
And I think modern Western society has been thoroughly taken over by this like enlightenment philosophy that emphasizes personal freedom. Mm-hmm. And so we have this allergic reaction to being restricted in, in, in any way. Oh, yeah, totally. And, um, but I think we need to think about whether or not personal freedom actually leads to flourishing. The most free person would be a single man in his 40s who has refused any kind of connection or responsibility to anyone. He is totally free to do whatever he wants on any given week, weeknight or weekend. You know, that guy's life is formless and empty and probably characterized by darkness. Whereas you look at a guy in his, in his mid-40s, you know, he, he's a husband, a father, and a minister, an older brother, and there are many layers of restrictions <laughs> on his life. Yeah. But within each layer, there is, is a lot of richness and abundance. Mm. And so I think we need to see through the hollow philosophy of personal freedom and being free of any restriction and boundary that we've been fed through our society from a young age and, and see the picture of abundance and richness through God's word. Um, something else that struck me was <clears throat> how in verse 26, it says that we are made in the image of God. And what that means is we are to have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, um, etc. So we're supposed to have dominion over creation. But quickly after the fall, we see it becoming flipped where people are instead bowing down to creation. If we take a look at Exodus 20, the second commandment out of the Ten Commandments says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Mm. So, you know, and this this command is there because this was exactly what people were doing, bowing down to creation rather than having dominion over it. And I think today we see people being dominated by by creation, by, by created things. People make huge sacrifices to buy a dream home or a dream car or get that high-paying job so they can have an upgraded lifestyle so they can afford nice things. Um, and what would it look like for us to be dominated by things? I think, you know, if we got a nice car and, like, we're afraid to lend it out for somebody to move their furniture, you know, lest they scratch it. Um, or if we find ourselves really pining for more money because we're sad we we can't afford to buy certain nice things you know um then we will be controlled by things we'll be Mm. controlled by creation we'll be dominated by things and what would it look like for us to have dominion over creation i think it would look like being content you know as long as we have food and clothing and using material resources to spend on people to love them into heaven so i think Someone who is generous with their money, loves to give, loves to provide. I think that's a picture of someone who is exercising dominion over creation. So Yeah. All right. That's it. All right. So have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.